the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. And hour number two is underway now, 10 minutes past. Thanks for being with us. i got a lot of people on hold already for this hour. That's a good thing. I'll come right to you as quickly as I can. I do have a few other things that I want to mention. You want to hear one of the most chilling statements that you could ever hear uh, from a little Twitter video? Honestly, um, if this doesn't kind of make you a little bit freaked when you hear the very last words that he says, then I just don't think you know what happened in 1994. Hey, Twitter world, this is yours truly. Now, coming soon to Twitter, you'll get to read all my thoughts and opinions on just about everything. Now, there's a lot of fake OJ accounts out there, so this one, at the real OJ32, is the only official one. So, this should be a lot of fun. I got a little getting even to do. So, God bless. Take care. You, uh, you caught that, did you not? Did you hear what he said? So, this should be a lot of fun. I got a little getting even to do. So- Wait, what? So this should be a lot of fun. I got a little getting even to do. So- the last time O.J. Simpson had some getting even to do, two people lost their heads. The last time O.J. Simpson said, I'm going to get even, two people were brutally murdered and nearly decapitated. I, I-, I want you to understand this. O.J. Simpson came on to Twitter and said, hey, Twitter, I'm here. And just so you know, I got a little getting even to do. He already, in two days, has 634,000 followers. 634,000 people on the platform of Twitter want to hear from O.J. Simpson, a double murderer and convicted armed robber. And yes, I know he was acquitted in 1994. I also know what he did. And I also know what the civil trial found. And I also know that he essentially admitted to doing it in a book called uh, If I Did It. I also know that O.J. Simpson um, 
quite frankly, is an incorrigible narcissist who cannot not be in the public eye, which is why, of course, he created his Twitter handle, the real OJ 32 to remind people, I once was a famous football player before becoming a famous murderer. I played football for the Buffalo Bills in war number 32. O.J. Simpson is coming directly to the people with messages, his thoughts on various matters, including, how did he describe it, that thing in 1994, that incident or something of that nature, uh, in 1994. And he's got some getting even to do. Holy goodness, if that doesn't send chills down your spine. It was 25 years ago, 1994, the double murder. As a matter of fact, uh, if you think this is an accident as far as the timing, this was Saturday. This Wednesday, two days from now, will be 25 years since the murder of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. Monday is the 25th anniversary of the slow speed, a week from this coming one uh, Monday, not today. Uh, uh, the 25th anniversary, I think it's not today, right? I don't have the exact date here, I'm just reading, and I should be penalized for this because i'm using a cnn report <laughs> sorry but that's where i found the video was on cnn but it says uh, monday is the 25th anniversary of the slow speed chase uh with the ford bronco so uh yeah uh, oj simpson is now in your face like, apparently he's done searching for the real killer which he must have been doing for the last 25 years as he promised because now he's on twitter saying he's got some uh, getting even to do okay that's just a little bit frightening all right, this is also frightening. A number of other stories that I do want to get to, and I want to hit a couple here before I go back to the phones. Uh, this is also frightening. Six, or excuse me, 740,000 is the number now that, of illegal aliens that are expected to be released into uh, the mainland of the United States this year alone. 740,000. And a significant number of them are diseased. And you might say, whoa, 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 what do you mean? This sounds like Donald Trump, the bigot, the racist, who said brown people are dirty, brown people are diseased. No, this isn't This isn't Donald Trump saying so. This is the CDC saying so. This is the president of Honduras, where a vast, the vast number of these uh, um, triangle of nations that are caravanning constantly to the United States, the president of Honduras declared a national mumps emergency. They're coming here with mumps and chicken pox and other contagious diseases. They have already quarantined some 5,200 of them. They are releasing thousands more into the United States, and we don't even know which of them are in that did not have not been quarantined, that, uh, that have not yet been tested or checked for these infectious diseases. We have a major problem on so many fronts when it comes to this illegal immigration slash phony asylum-seeking problem. One of them, which the government is also working on right now, is trying to crack down on the number of um, uh, uh, low-income or low-skilled workers who are coming here. This is intended to be a movement toward the president's merit-based immigration program. But right now they are cracking down on the number of people who are coming here and just absorbing, at least when I say cracking down, that's probably not accurate. They are counting and trying to get a grasp on the problem of the number of people who are coming here and contributing nothing but absorbing and taking everything. So that part of the story is there. And then, as I said, the other sad fact of the matter is that a lot of people here are coming to the United States and being released into the population with your children, your family, or, you know, wherever it is that you may live. Um, They're diseased. 
And uh, this is a problem for a lot of people, especially since it's being combined at a time where there is this anti-vaxxer movement where a lot of people are not vaccinated for vaccinating their kids for these things. Is that a cocktail for disaster, a recipe for disaster? It says here that it is. Uh, I'm greatly concerned about that. So if you have thoughts on that, uh, 216-901-0945, I talked to Congressman Jordan a few moments ago, <clears throat> excuse me, Talked to Congressman Jordan a few moments ago uh, about a host of things as well, one of which, you know, he didn't seem to be too concerned about, I am, and that is the polling, uh, the Fox News poll. Not some of the other ones, but the Fox News poll. The Fox News poll is generally considered, not considered by the president to be quote-unquote fake news, but the Fox News poll shows him trailing by 12 points to Bernie Sa- or, um uh, to uh, Joe Biden and nine points to Bernie Sanders, and Elizabeth Warren is gaining sway as well. I started the show with the reasons why they're all lying and promising things they cannot deliver, but nonetheless, it's working. It's working. Are you concerned, or do you believe Congressman Jordan is right when he says, look, the previews of the movie, the reviews of a movie are not uh, what matters, as President Reagan once said. It's the box office that counts. Are you not concerned about this uh, at this particular stage? Uh, because I, especially when I see the Fox News poll, quite frankly, I'm worried that people are turning away from the president and his message and embracing some of these ridiculous, fantastical ideas. Um, and when I say fantastical, I know that's not a word. It's more like fantasy. Um, uh, ideas being embraced by uh, the left. All right, let me go to the phones, as promised. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. Who's been sitting here and waiting the longest? I believe it's Garfield Heights. John, you're on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Thanks for your patience, John. Go right ahead. John, are you there? John, I hear some ruffling in the background there, but I don't know if you. Uh, yes, knows. okay. Uh, there he is. Uh, when that gunboat that was probably Iranian took <clears throat> that mine off that oil tanker, why didn't we apprehend it? I was in both the Navy and the Air Force, and if we could observe that gunboat, I also believe that we could have apprehended it, or at least blew it out of the water. I now, don't I know that. After, I don't know that we were there. I don't know that we were there. I don't know if that's our video. I don't know that that. I don't know that we had a boat in the water that was there videotaping that. I think that video came from somewhere else. That we got it, but I don't know that we were there because I would imagine. I would imagine if we were, unless, you know, uh, unless given orders by, you know, uh, their commanders to, to not engage in this situation, because maybe that would be perceived as an act of war. I don't know, but I don't think we were there, John. I think that video was not ours. Yeah, well, I, you know, Trump made that speech on May 13th when they first had some of these incidents occur, and he said, let him try it again. Now, I believe right after that, our military <laughs> must have been postured to uh, go ahead and apprehend anything that might happen. And it's hard for me to believe that uh, somehow, you know, we didn't observe this in, uh, uh, by our military intelligence. Well, we're not giving... I know, I know one thing, John, they said we're not giving military escorts to these tankers. There has been talk that that might be what is necessary here, at least for in the short term, but that's even controversial, uh, controversial as to whether or not we would do that. Uh, so I know... I know I shouldn't say I know, but from what I've read and what I've uh, uh, researched on this, we we don't have you know our ships there pro- ready to provide military escorts for those tankers. And if we're not there for that now, that's something they may consider doing. That I just don't think we were in the water right there at that time to apprehend. Uh, yeah, but, but how about Trump when he said, "Let him try it again." Mm-hmm. To me, that's saying our military posture 
should have been ready to pounce. Yeah, it probably should have been, John. It, you know, I don't disagree, and I hope we are taking this seriously. And I know the left is screaming that the president is beating war drums with Iran, and he's trying to provoke this or that or the other. We're not the ones doing the provoking. You're 100% right. We're not the ones doing the provoking. Iran is doing the provoking for crying out loud. We are talking about attacking the... Look, they don't have to even be Americans. They don't have to be American tankers if they're our allies, uh, ships, for crying out loud. They're the ones provoking. We are the ones who have to respond. And, and uh, again, will that be with a military response by way of military escorts for these tankers, or will it be something more aggressive? We already still have the strongest sanctions ever in place on Iran, which, of course, we renewed thanks to President Trump getting out of that ridiculous Iran nuclear deal, which removed those sanctions. So we're already doing what we have to do, or at least most of the most of what we have to do to keep Iran in line. But you're right. Now that they are taking more bold steps and they're the ones doing the provoking, we better be ready to respond. And I'm not saying we need to bomb anything or blow any ships out of the water, but we absolutely have to be ready to respond. I thank you for the phone call, my friend. More phone calls right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast. All right, 1026, we'll go to North Camp next. Spencer, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, go right ahead. Yeah, I think the president should show peace through strength, as President Reagan said. Avenge the USS Cole, the USS Liberty, and the Chinook helicopter crash with the Navy SEALs. And I would send out the Hornet, according to Deuteronomy 7, verse 20, to show peace through strength. Well, I like that. I, I believe in peace through, through strength. I think the president does, too. Again, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to uh, respond to every incident with uh, a military strike. There are ways to be strong. I think our sanctions against Iran are strong. I think what he did in uh, undoing uh, the ridiculously uh, negotiated uh, agreement between John Kerry and Barack Obama and the Iranians, I think undoing that was a show of strength. There are ways to show strength without military action. Now, if military action is required, I feel like the president will indeed, and he has the right team in place to make those decisions. He will show that strength. Uh, but you know, I Again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them the time to process all of this and before I start demanding anything. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, let me go next to uh, Cleveland. TJ, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, TJ. Hi, Bob. You know, Bob, I watch Judge Judy, and, you know, she gets a lot of these college students in front of her. And when she starts to question, like, where are you getting your money and stuff, and it turns out a lot of them student loans. And it seems like they're spending their money on everything but education. Then I read an article over the weekend that many of these, these kids have absolutely no chance of graduating or getting a degree, but they get a student loan. So what it seems to me with many of them, this is just a government party loan, and they don't want to pay it back. And, you know, as loans go, I'd like to ask Elizabeth Warren, like, well, maybe we should do away with car loans, you know, uh, uh, house loans. What's so different about a college loan, a Benny loan? You know, if you don't pay on your car, they take it away. If you don't pay your house payments, they repossess it. Well, maybe some of these people should have their degrees repossessed until they pay that loan. 
<laughs> well, the, the degrees aren't really worth anything, especially for those uh, you know who are qualifying for this um, uh, this student loan forgiveness they're talking about with household incomes under a hundred thousand because they they got degrees in in, in uh, majors that are that are pointless and useless. So you can't really revoke that. It's it's pointless anyway. But your your point is better, and your point is that you know what um, if they're trying to forgive student loans because these people aren't going to be able to get on and and start their lives if they have to constantly pay back this this big burden and so on and so forth. That's what a mortgage is. That is a huge burden. A lot of people would be able to do a lot of other things with their lives if they didn't have that mortgage payment. So you're right. I took out a loan. I told the bank I'd pay it back. Uh, I owe them $150,000. But uh, you know what? It's really a burden to me, and I, I'm having a hard time making those payments. United States government, why don't you waive those loans? Why don't you forgive those loans? That's There's no difference. There's no difference. I agree with you. Car loans and so on and so forth. When you make a decision to borrow money, you have to pay it back. If you don't, there are consequences. And yes, students, this means you. So if you're planning on uh, uh, enrolling in a university or college and, and majoring in some sort of, you know, uh, candlelight poetry reading, uh, guess what? Or poetry writing, guess what? You're probably not going to make a lot of money off of that. So unless you're independently wealthy, don't take out the loans. Maybe you ought to think about, I don't know, a trade school. How about vocational education? Learn a craft. Learn a trade. Do something that is worth something in your life. Don't major in something ridiculous in college and then cry because you can't pay off your student loans because you couldn't get a good job. By the way, the colleges themselves are not blameless in this crisis, of course. The cost of higher education, as a previous guest mentioned, um, has, I, I don't even know what the percentage is, by hundreds of percents higher than the cost of inflation for everything else, you know, in our, in our, as consumers that we deal with. The cost of higher education is ridiculous. They keep jacking them, them up the way that they do. People cannot afford to pay them without taking out more loans. And then, of course, it becomes a bigger burden. So the university should be held accountable, too. But once you decide to take that loan out, that is on you and nobody else. If they change that and they start to give loan reparations, I want mine. I paid my student loan debt. I paid it about 15 years after I graduated. It took me to pay that back. And guess what? I, I want my money back. If you're not going to make anybody pay today, then you go back. Where's the cutoff date? Where's the cutoff date to who gets their money back if they already paid their student loan debt responsibly? Because that's what they're going to have to figure out. And you know and I know and we all know they have no answer for that because this is all about getting votes. Elizabeth Warren and the rest of them are not about serious solutions. They're all about getting votes. 1031 News Time, back after this on 1420 The Answer. Phone lines are open at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. A lot of ground cover on this uh, on this Monday edition of The Authority. A lot of stuff happening over the weekend. I have a really interesting um, uh, article that I want to share part of with you. Um, it's on the Hillsdale College website. Um it's not accidental that I found this, I don't think, because as I've been talking about, you know, they're talking about forgiving college loans, student loans, and so on and so forth. Elizabeth Warren wants to give up to $50,000 of student loan forgiveness uh, to um, uh, students. And again, I don't know what a cutoff date is going to be, but to students who have graduated and who are making less than $100,000 a year in uh, household income. And it's about the major. I've said this before. 
No, uh, not first of all, college is not for everybody. Four-year college is not for everybody. And that's not an insulting statement at all. It just means that some people can do great things and have super highly successful lives and careers without a four-year degree. Maybe that comes in the military or after the military with what you've learned. Maybe that comes in, like I said, trade school or vocational education. So, first of all, college is not for everybody. And if it is for you, your choice of major can determine whether or not you're going to make any money after you're done with it. Your choice of field of study. There are a lot of things where, you know, it's like, hey, it's great. I went to college to have the college experience. What are you going to major in? I don't know. I'll figure something out when I get there. And then you major in something that might be easy to you or interesting to you, but it's not practical for you. So anyway, I would just happen to be on Twitter during our break, and I was corresponding with somebody and recommending that they apply to uh, Hillsdale, which is where my college, or my college, my daughter will be a college freshman this fall at Hillsdale. And I said, you'll be better off for it. And it just happened to take me to this, this link. So I want to read this real quick. What happens when you don't end up using when we don't end up using our majors. This question can terrify a college student. If we had the power to perfectly plan our future, we would work it out to where all the blood, sweat, and tears we invest in our majors would translate directly into our careers. Unfortunately, thanks to changing interests or shifting priorities, it doesn't usually end up this way. However, even if our majors don't line up perfectly with our careers, they still lay important groundwork for our futures. One student who faces this reality is Nate Naveau. Nate is a redshirt junior on the Hillsdale basketball team. He's currently finished his accounting major. He initially decided to pick up accounting because he enjoyed the classes and did well in them. However, when I asked if he planned on pursuing accounting after graduation, he chuckled and said, probably not. Instead, Nate plans to become a coach, pursue sports ministry, or attend the seminary. Despite these vastly different career plans, Nate doesn't view his accounting a major as lost time or a bad freshman mistake. He hopes to put his diverse skill set to use in sports ministry or coaching position by helping his organization with taxes or money balancing, costly services that most ministries have to outsource. In addition to that, Nate recognizes that the financial management and technical skills he's picked up through his major will personally benefit him by preparing him to step up to the plate to face whatever financial situations arise in his future. And I'm going to stop there and say, including paying back his own student loans and finding a way to do that responsibly. Choosing a major doesn't mean locking yourself into a certain career, especially at a liberal arts college where the core curriculum gives you the tools to tackle any job with critical thinking and innovative problem solving. Even if our studies don't end up matching our jobs, we will be prepared to work hard and provide different but valuable perspectives. After all, Hillsdale encourages us to consider not only the job itself, but the virtue or value it yields to us and to society. Changing majors and changing careers isn't as terrifying as if you are still chasing that same goal. And this is written by Class of 19 Gordon Bear, studying politics and economics at Hillsdale. So uh, just thought it was pretty timely. Uh, choose your major wisely, and even if you have to switch it, and even if you... Look, I'm, pro- I'm kind of living proof of that. I graduated with an English degree, with an intention on teaching and coaching for the rest of my life. And I taught and I coached for about six years before I decided, no, I really do want to pursue broadcasting, which I had originally thought about. I changed majors from broadcast communications to English in order to do teaching and coaching. But I got bitten by the bug, and I wanted to go back. So 22 years ago, I started broadcasting. And the things that I learned in it to be able to do what I do for a living today.
back their student loans. If your job didn't work out because of your choice of majors, or if it didn't line up, or some of the things that you disturbed there, it doesn't mean you're not responsible for your own um, debts. You borrowed that money from the bank, you owe that money to the bank. Don't pass your bill off to me as a taxpayer, which is exactly what a student, massive student loan bailout would be. And that's a bill to other taxpayers like me. Greg is in Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. Hey, Greg, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, good morning, Bob. Uh, you know, before I get to my main point, I do want to say that uh, Trump uh, initiated a bill that was going to take uh, the 50 million trade school graduates under the previous administration up to 500 million trade school graduates, and he's implemented programs in which to do that. I hope that is and, uh, exactly what he does. I hope that becomes the case. And again, I, I, I look, I'm a college grad, at, minimal debt rather, and, and well-paying jobs right out of the gate without having to worry about hunting. I was always raised that what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And uh, if you look at any liberal issue, basically what's good for the goose is not good for the gander when it comes to them. Take any issue, whether it be the border, it was good when Clinton and uh, Obama talked about uh, reigning in the border, and it's bad when Trump talks about it. Uh, The Iranian uh, crisis with the oil tanker, imagine if the United States attacked a Venezuelan or Russian oil tanker. How up in arms would the liberals be? Uh, Opposition research, it was okay when uh, the previous administration were digging up dirt on Trump, but it's not okay for Trump, hypothetically, to get any dirt on uh, one of their candidates. What's good for the goose is never good for the gander with them. That is exactly what they are built on. They are built on double standards. They are built on hypocrisy. And Thank you for the phone call, Greg. You make a great point. You're 100% right. And by the way, I shouldn't dismiss... Iran, like I said, with a previous caller, uh, is saying, well, you know, we, we are showing peace through strength. We have sanctions. There may be time where something stronger than sanctions are necessary to show our strength, to make sure that they know that they cannot overstep, et cetera, et cetera. And one of those times may be coming sooner than later. There's a story in Breitbart today, and maybe you can see it in other news sites as well, that Iran, the Iranian Atomic Agency, is confirming today that the country will soon exceed the limit of its for its uh, uranium stockpiles that were set forth in the failed Obama-negotiated uh, JCPOA nuclear accord. The, I was talking about we called it the you know the Iran nuclear deal. Speaking at a live news conference on Iranian state television, one of the spokesmen for the administration in Iran said that Tehran will also increase enrichment levels of its uranium holdings based on the country's needs. The announcement follows comments by Iranian President Hassan Rouhani on June 15th that his country will continue scaling back compliance of the 2015 JCPOA, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, nuclear deal, unless other signatories show positive signals about this agreement. President Donald Trump withdrew from that deal last May, keeping his campaign promise to end the agreement reached by former President Barack Obama. It was a horrible one-sided deal that should never have been made, Trump said. It didn't bring calm, it didn't bring peace, it never will. Now Iran is fully pursuing its race to full nuclear self-sufficiency, the uh, administration says. Today, the countdown to pass the 300 kilograms reserve of enriched uranium has started, and in 10 days' time, we will pass this limit. 
he said, putting the date for the breach of a key provision in the agreement to June 27th. His comments come in the wake of suspected attacks on oil tankers last week in the region that Washington has blamed on Iran amid heightened tensions between Iran and the U.S., uh, they acknowledge the country has already quadrupled its production of lower enriched uranium. Iran began to boost its u- nuclear reserves last July when it announced its stockpile of uranium stood at close to 950 tons despite global bans. So what's all that mean? You ask me what that means is they are again continuing to provoke the United States. And no ridiculous Obama administration nuclear deal was going to stop this because none of it was able to be checked. Because anytime, anywhere, inspections were not a part of that deal. All they are doing is what they have always done, pursuing nuclear technology in pursuit of a nuclear bomb. With which they may indeed try to carry out their their long-stated plan or their long-stated goal of having the nation of Israel wiped off of the map. Which is exactly why this is so dangerous now. Because what do you think the Israelis are going to do? What do you think Bibi Netanyahu and his leaders are going to do? If Iran continues to exceed these international limits of enriched uranium or low enriched uranium, if it looks as though this is what they are doing to, uh, in, in their pursuit of a bomb, do you think Israel is going to stand by silently and watch this? And if Israel does not stand by silently and watch them build a bomb, then it's on, because we are going to back Israel, and we absolutely should continue to back Israel. Iran has never had, this is a great comment, uh, any intention of sticking to any deal made with anyone. Their goal, excuse me for that. (coughs) Sorry about that, I'm having a bit of a coughing spasm here. In fact, I'll use this to take this time out. I'll use that opportunity to take the time out. I'll finish that comment and take more phone calls right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Now heard through downtown, through greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. When you're down, when you're straight, faces come out of the rain, when you stay. Hopefully I have recovered from the uh, little coughing jag that I got stuck with there. Apologies for that. I want to remind you before I go back to the phones, once again, about um, Alliance Defending Freedom. My friends, I cannot underscore this enough, how important that we meet this. it is that we meet this goal. We have to meet this, meet this goal and help Alliance Defending Freedom raise this money. We're doing it all across the country in Salem stations, all across the country, and our goal here requires us to get 45 Uh, $100 donors by the end of the month of June. We are just a little over halfway there. We need 23 more donors to donate $100. I need you to be one of those donors today. I need to, essentially, I need to have at least two, preferably three a day for the next 13 days. This benefits you how? Well, by protecting your liberty and your freedom. You don't know when they're coming for you. You don't know when they're coming for your employer. You don't know when they're coming for uh, for uh, your school. You don't know when they're coming for your boss. 
You don't know when they're coming for your son or daughter as a student. When I say they, I'm talking about the politically driven, those who are driving agendas to essentially erase your liberty as a religious person of faith. This is happening all over the country, including here in Northeast Ohio. Do not lose sight of this. I'm having a little bit of a problem getting the audio to play here, but I want you to hear one of the many stories of uh, Alliance Defending Freedom. Excuse me. Uh, One of the uh, stories of Alliance Defending Freedom uh, defending individuals for the attacks that they did. I see him move to South Euclid, Ohio in 2010. It's a place where students can come together to think, to understand, to grow in their faith, to grow in their knowledge. Then in 2017, um, things changed. The diocesan attorneys called me in the fall of 2017 and notified me that an ordinance could be passed here in South Euclid that would affect our religious liberty and our ability to operate as a classical Catholic school. The then president of the council said we need to pass the law, then we can find out what it means. There was no evidence in the record that there was any need for this type of ordinance. South Euclid was advised that there are deep constitutional problems with this ordinance, and it refused to listen. In fact, it deleted a religious exemption that existed in initial drafts of the ordinance, which makes it pretty clear that they intend to apply this ordinance to religious institutions like the Lyceum. Like the Lyceum, that is exactly right, and that's going to affect uh, the Lyceum being able to choose who is admitted to their school, it's going to affect who uh, they choose to hire, to teach, and to work at their school. This is the essence of religious liberty, and this is what is in jeopardy, and this is what the Alliance Defending Freedom is all about. They defend people's rights to religious liberty, they defend them against the attacks they are willing to take these cases to court all the way to the supreme court if necessary as they did for jack phillips and will for baronel stutzman and will if they need to for the lyceum but it while they uh provide these services free of charge for the clients they do cost money Trials cost money and we have to be there for them so please will you be next to join us in supporting Um, the Alliance Defending Freedom. This is their mission, this is their goal, and this is what we all need to be there for them uh, to support. So the Alliance Defending Freedom needs your support, a $100 donation. It is tax deductible. It'll help you next April. Just call the phone number. I'm giving it to you again. I want you to save it and share it with others that might be able to donate as well because that's how important this is. Uh, But uh, call the phone number. Or if you'd rather, excuse me, if you would rather, you can use the uh, website as well, and I'll give you both of them here. By phone, it's 800-691-8969, 800-691-8969, or the website, which is uh, whkradio.com with the banner, the Alliance Defending Freedom banner at the top of the page. Uh, that you can, It'll take you right to the Freedom Fund, and you can donate there. But we need three people today to donate $100. Please don't sit by and wait for somebody else to do this. Please take this mantle upon yourself. Carry it on behalf of everyone that is fighting for religious liberty uh, by supporting the Alliance Defending Freedom. 800-691-8969. It's that important. Okay, Esther in Cleveland is next. Hi, Esther. Go ahead. Thanks. First, I heard the effects of electronic uh, interference about three times while you were talking about your college experience, so it wasn't just the other caller. Uh, The topics today seem to expand the concepts of the Me Too movement. For example, first, uh, the uh, O.J. Simpson. I heard on Salem that a majority of the jury were getting back for the Rodney King, the Rodney King incident by voting to acquit 
uh, O.J. Simpson. That just came out, I guess, this year. Now, the Me Too movement also... You that's not pay- new. That's not new. Oh, that really? was, that was, no, they, they played that up. A lot of the defense attorneys back in 1995 when this trial happened played that up. Um, they try, you know, uh, the, the fact that, um, Rodney King was abused by Los Angeles police officers. Therefore, Los Angeles police officers are racist. Therefore, they set up OJ Simpson and you can't, uh, you cannot uh, convict this man. They played that part of the race angle, uh, way back in 1995. That's not new. And a lot of jurors, maybe new jurors are writing books or something and saying this is one of the things that, that turned us, but we all knew what that was about back then. Okay, the Me Too movement could expand to talk about loan payoffs, money for illegals. You might you might have that uh, scholar from Case Western come in and talk about what the founding fathers had to say about taxation and charity. I think this we're uh, it's almost like forced charity if we're giving money to illegals, we're letting them into the country if they're deceased, and even the loan payoffs is like uh, forced charity from taxation. Yeah, it's theft. It's theft is what it is. And that's not to say all taxation is theft. A lot of people feel that, but I find that to be patently ridiculous. Thank you, Esther, for the call. I find that to be ridiculous. But if you're taking my tax dollars in order to pay illegal alien health care, which is what's happening in a lot of states, that's theft. If you're taking my tax dollars because my neighbor's kid can't pay back his student loan at the age of 24 because he didn't get a good degree or get a good job when he came out, if you're taking my money to pay off his debt, that's theft, and that's something that the Democrats and only the Democrats are supporting and will abide. If you're taking my money to pay somebody else's health care bill because they don't have the right insurance or they don't have the right coverage or whatever the case might be, that's theft. Now, I might want to do that voluntarily. I might help somebody that is in need voluntarily. That's not theft. That's charity. And that is my decision, and that should be all of our decisions. But when you take it as a matter of course, and of course I'm speaking about Medicare for All, which is what Bernie Sanders and the rest of the left wants, that's theft. You cannot choose your own doctors. You cannot choose your own insurance plans. Private health plans would be eliminated. Not just, hey, you have a choice, private health or Medicare for All. No, it would be eliminated. Because everybody has to pay into it with higher taxes or else it wasn't work. It's exactly why Obamacare, the Obamacare plan, had the individual mandate. We need everybody to have to be paying in in order to cover the expenses of those who, who, um, uh, who are going to be taking out. That's theft. It was theft, theft under any name, no matter what you want to call it. So, and I'm sorry to get off on a tangent about that here as we wrap it up, but that's exactly where it is. And it's theft when we continue to provide those services, as Esther just said as well, for illegal aliens as well. By the way, Tom Homan has a great piece. Tom Homan is the new czar, the border czar is what President Trump identified him as last week. Um, and he has written a great new piece. If you're on social media, Twitter, Parler or Facebook. I'm sharing that with you right after the show. Tom Homan, the new border czar, is going to talk about exactly what needs to happen here. The truth about sanctuary cities and what has to happen to stop uh, American cities from being overrun by de- welfare-dependent illegal aliens who offer nothing to the United States. So uh, I'm going to share that. If you're on social media, be looking for it in the next few minutes. France Radio is where you'll find me. Twitter, Facebook, and Parler. France, F-R-A-N-T-Z, Radio. And I'll share that story and look for your reactions, which we can share together on tomorrow's edition of the program. That's all the time we have. Stay where you are, because Mike Gallagher is coming up next. Stay right here on AM 1420. The answer. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye. Enjoy the silence. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.